Now there's cars toppled, buildings entirely just crushed and crumbled. I'm not sure if it's safe to report from my vantage point. I I really need to leave. So the fences informed me that the surrounding areas are, are in ruin. I I see some people running now. In the opinion of this reporter, if this nation, or in fact the world, ever needed heroes, that time is now. That time is now. As always, my co-host, the old Angzine, Rob Kelly. How you doing, buddy? Uh, pretend uh, I dropped an audio of like one of those horns you hear on New Year's Eve. I don't have one, but just pretend <laughs> it's, it's theater. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Exactly. <laughs> Happy New Year! Wow. Close of another year. A very surprising and up and down kind of year. But in the spirit of our network, Rob and I are here to talk about the things we found joy in in 2017. Because folks... If you can't find joy in things, life isn't worth living. Wouldn't you say, Rob? That's, <laughs> that's kind of that's sort of heavy, but okay. Let's talk about in-stock <laughs> trades. <laughs> All right. Other things we found joy in this year, <laughs> folks, is our sponsorship. <laughs> this episode of the Fire and Water Podcast is sponsored in part by InStockTrades.com. InStockTrades is your best online source for trades, hardcovers, and other collected editions. They should sell party hats and like confetti and stuff too. But anyway, all for up to 42% off with free shipping for orders of $50 or more. What do you have to celebrate, Rob? Uh, as I think most people know I'm a big fan of Paul Pope. I really, okay. really love him as a writer and artist. And this is uh, one of his books that I have not yet read, The One Trick Ripoff. Uh, it's a young lovers, Tubby and Vim, want to escape, escape the mistakes they've made, the lives they've lived, and the dirty city weighing them down. Their plan is simple. All they have to do is rip off Tubby's pals, the one tricks, the toughest street gang in L.A. If they pull it off, they're set for life. If not, their lives won't matter much anyway. Uh, so this is just an original graphic novel by Paul Pope, and it also features something called Deep Cuts, which is sort of like mini selections from some of his other work. It's 288 pages written and drawn by Paul Pope, originally published by Image. In stock uh, trades price is ten dollars and ninety nine cents. That is forty five percent off the original price, which is nineteen ninety nine. So it looks really cool. You can see the cover uh, on stock trades. It just looks fabulous. I'm such a huge fan of Paul Pope's work. I've never read this, so I'm going to pick this one up, and you should too. He's a great, great comic book storyteller. Awesome. Well, I picked something from 2017. I think technically this series kicked off in 2016, but the majority of it was published in 17. The trade was published in 17. It's a comic that I'm really enjoying right now from DC and the Rebirth movement. From uh, It's called Super Sons, Trade Paperback, Volume 1. And uh, the trade itself is called When I Grow Up. And yes, this is the story of the son of Superman and the son of Batman becoming uh, frenemies, if you will. And this collection collects their first five issues of the series. And let me tell you, man, this series is an absolute hoot. It's, it's a formula for disaster. Okay, it's like, you know, Superman having a kid and Damian Wayne, no thank you. But let me tell you, it just works like magic. It's written by Peter Tomasi, art by Jorge Jimenez. Again, it, I, I can't even tell you, it, 
it is shockingly fun. In this one, they deal with Lex Luthor. They deal with uh, Kid Amazo. They begin to understand how they're, you know, the, the parallels of themselves and their upbringing and stuff like that. And, sne- you know, them sneaking out at night and getting in trouble with their parents. I mean, it's just fun. Uh, it's 128 pages. Normally retails for $12.99. You can get it for 45% off right now. So it's only $7.14. Less than two comic books, folks. Less than two comic books to try out this trade paperback of five issues. So much fun. Super Sun's trade paperback volume one, When I Grow Up. You will not regret it. And if you do, take it up with Rob Kelly. There's a character called Kid Amazo? Yeah, well, they introduced him for this story. Because they're (laughs) they're teen characters. It's it's a perfect sort of melding, you know? That sounds very Bob Haney. It's, well, I, I mean, in this, it's it's not. I shouldn't say it's in the spirit of Bob Haney because it's not completely nonsense, but it is fun. So, without a doubt. So, again, folks, for these and all your other trade paperback needs, please visit our sponsor, In Stock Trades. All right. So, again, 2017, full of a lot of crazy stuff going on in the world. But in the world of geek stuff, we had a lot to celebrate, Rob. Well, something something just recently happened in the fire and water Aquaman fires from sort of realm, wouldn't you say? Well, a big, big year for Aquaman. Uh, he's a movie star now, uh, which is amazing. Uh, I mean, between the, the comics, which are continually uh, done by Dan Abnett, who's been doing a really great job over on that series, which he's now done, I think, what, like 30 issues in a row? Which is Some, more yeah. than that, actually, if you continue, if you count the other issues from the previous series, he's probably done about 35 issues in a row, which is... Great. We, that's a, that's he's creeping up on like one of the longest runs on the character ever in terms of issues. Peter David, I think, did fifty or fifty-five. So uh, Abnet Abnet's uh, coming up on the outside. Uh, so that's and Aquaman is gesturing all over the place. Like he he's just constantly appearing in DC Comics now, which is amazing. Um, and then of course you know, he's in a, he's a movie star now. He is a genuine movie star. He will be Warner Brothers' only DC movie next year. Uh, wow. Which is un- unbelievable. So, yeah, it's it was a huge thing. And sort of related to that, this was the year that I finally said goodbye to the Aquaman Shrine. After 11 years, I finally closed up shop. And it's kind of funny because somebody left a comment and said, you know, oh, it's a shame that you had to close the shrine on the same year that Aquaman's become a movie star. And I'm like, well, that's the reason why I did it is because the shrine's mission is sort of completed. You know, yep. there just isn't any need to, like, advocate for the seeking anymore when he is the star of a major motion picture so uh yeah it's it's an, an amazing turn of turn of events that just a couple of years ago when we started this podcast in 2011 uh the character was like nowhere and firestorm was nowhere and now as we pointed out a couple episodes ago firestorm is on two different tv series and aquaman is getting his own feature film it's just uh, who would have guessed such a thing was possible well, the crazy thing, too, is like, so, all right, we're not, the way the purpose of this episode is talking about stuff that we love, and in both cases, we, you've talked about the facts of the popularity, but we both love it, all of it. You know, we, we really enjoyed his interpretation of the movie, and the Dan Abnett comics have not only been around for a long time, they've been consistently good. So, I mean, that's, it's, it's worth celebrating for his popularity, but it's also like, damn, it's been fun, too. Yeah, I, I definitely did go into the movie really terrified, mostly because of Luke Dobb, uh, because he was so convinced <laughs> me that, you know, what we were going to get, that I was I was really afraid that we were going to get super bro Aquaman. He's going to have his MAGA hat on, and he's, like, listening to his Toby Keith records, and I was just, like, really terrified. And that's not what that is. There was not, again, I had some issues with the version that they showed, and, and they can hopefully tweak that in the... The, the, the long-form movie, because he really didn't have that much time in the movie, out of two hours. He only really had probably like 15 minutes worth of scenes to himself, if that. But it was I was pleasantly surprised. I really, I went into it expecting to really kind of hate it, and I didn't. I didn't. In fact, I, I liked what I saw. I thought it was a valid interpretation of the character, and um, at some point in 2018, we should do an episode of Fire and Water about the various versions of Aquaman, because, I mean, when, when you say you're an Aquaman fan, what does that even mean? I mean, there's right. so many versions of the character, that, and there are, a lot of them are independent of one another. So I, I thought the version that they came up with was, was a perfectly workable take on the character. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was a pleasant surprise. It's been fun. It's been a lot of fun. Speaking of fun, same sort of thing on the Firestorm side. I mean, he's got his own feature film coming out as well. Um, oh wait, I just imagined that. But that's okay. Uh, but he's, I mean, his profile has been raised so tremendously in the last year or two. You know, the Justice League action cartoon, we did an episode, uh, a couple episodes back about how much fun that was. Yes. An absolute, uh, I think Rob used the word charming 18 times on the Loved show. Loved it. Loved that show. 
It is so charming, and Firestorm plays an integral role in the in the show, and he, it's just awesome. I mean, and to me, that is my Firestorm now. I mean, of course, the obvious classic Jerry Conway will be, but as far as any other interpretation outside of those comics, the Justice League action is my version of Firestorm now. I love him so much. You know, he's he's been on DC Legends tomorrow. Love the show or hate the show, whatever. You can't ignore the profile that it raised to the character. There's kids out there now who wear costumes conventions as Firestorm because they've seen him on Declot, you know? It's like, oh my gosh! And then uh, I just found out there's, this, this isn't in 17, it's going to be in 2018, but there's a Flash Lego movie coming out. I don't know if you, have you seen the ads for this? It's I have, cute. yes. Firestorm's in it! It's, uh, in fact, it's the, uh, it, I guess it's the Jason Rush version of Firestorm, really. That's it, it, the best interpretation, because that's the version they kept showing in the old Lego games. So, but yeah, Jason Rush is going to be in the, uh, the Firestorm, or the, I'm sorry, the Flash Lego movie. That's so much fun! And then as, as part of the show, for my own personal enjoyment, I've really enjoyed rereading these classic uh, Jerry Conway issues of Firestorm this year. Because this year, like, when I reread Firestorm, I think I mentioned this before, I tend to read, like, I don't know, the first 20, first 25 issues or so. And then somehow, you know, I get distracted. I don't know. There's, like, a pretty butterfly flies by, and I get confused. And I, and I don't keep going. I, I don't tend to read past that. So this past year, we've really read a lot of issues I probably haven't read since they were first published. And that was exciting. That was really cool to see. You know, it's uh, it's been really Really, really fun. So, um, loving Firestorm had a lot to celebrate with Aquaman and Firestorm this year. So that was really fun. I really enjoyed that this year. Yeah, they they both had a huge 2017. They really did. Well, let's see what else is going on. So, like other things to celebrate, other things we loved in 2017. The network, the Fire and Water Podcast Network. You guys might have heard of it. We've been growing. Uh, we we added some new people. I guess you could call it Phase Two, sort of like Marvel Phase Two. <laughs> I think that makes uh, Nathaniel Wayne, I guess that makes him, what, Ant-Man? Because he's tiny and obnoxious, maybe? I don't know. Um, <laughs> you said it, I didn't. He's not going to listen to this anyway. Uh, <laughs> so Zoom Yukinori, he's joined our network with uh, his, his wonderful show. I'm going to say it wrong, I think. I don't know. Done in One Podcast Wonder Show. Did I get it right? Is that, is that what it is? I don't know. I think it's Done uh, in One Wonder. No, you're right. I think you got it right. No, you're right. You're okay. right. It's absolutely awesome. I absolutely love that show. It's so funny. Terra, who could have thought Terra Man would be an ongoing star of a show on our network, and it'd be brilliant. So if you haven't checked out Zuma Kanori's show on our network, please do. Uh, also joining us is Nathaniel Wayne, uh, the aforementioned uh, punching bag. And uh, he's joined us with his show with his friend Liz, uh, Punch Like a Girl, which is celebrating uh, comic books or graphic novels featuring female protagonists. So a lot of fun, that show. Very interesting perspective. So been a lot of fun. I'm also very happy that we brought in Max Romero, who is uh, finally doing his Plasticast after many Woo! years of threatening to do it. And uh, I was, like, doing all I could to get him to do it. I would, like, pitch him names for the show and I was doing artwork for the show. I was, like, just trying to grease the path as best I could. <laughs> uh, but, but he's finally done it, and I really, really like it. My, my only problem with Plastic Gas is that he just doesn't do it enough. I want to hear it more often than he has time to do it. But I love Plastic Man. He's always one of my favorite characters. And I love Max. He's one of my favorite characters. So I'm happy that uh, he, he does the show, and I'm really happy that it's part of our network. I'm, I, I think it's a perfect fit for the Fire and Water Network. So, and, and Max is super, a super, super guy. He's just a great guy. I have not met him yet. I really want to meet him in person sometime, but uh, I'm really happy that he's, he's, he's on board. I'm really excited because I'm going to be launching my sister cast under the name uh, Rax uh, Morero. Uh, I'll call the, call the Elast- or Elongated Cast. And uh, I'm going to see if I can get to three episodes before he does. So. Ooh, snap. <laughs> oh, man, that was mean. Uh, I love Elongated Man. So we have a little rivalry going between Elongated Man and Plastic Man in, in Max's common thread. So. Okay. I'm also very happy that we finally opened our Tea Public store uh, over our Fire and Water store, which you can find over on the network site. If you just go to fireandwaterpodcast.com and you just click the merch button, it takes you right over to the site where you can buy the Fire and Water Network T-shirt and you can buy a Supermates T-shirt as well. Uh, I have to give a shout-out to... You can, you can get a coffee mug, too. You can get a coffee mug, too. Uh, I have to give a shout-out to our webmaster, Jeff Kilroy, because he is just, like, the best for this stuff. Because I, I sent him a thing, and I said, Jeff, I was like, how can we add this to the website? Is this something Shag or I can do, or do you have to do it? And, like, I think I, I got a response from him, like, two minutes later, and he's like, oh, I did that already. Like, what? You know? <laughs> like, just the best. And so now you can just super see it, and, and it's a great way to – we've been kind of trying to figure out ways to, you know, frankly, raise a little bit of money for the network because it does cost money to, you know, various uh, – the hosting hosting costs and different things. And the, uh, So, you know, we were trying to find a way to, to sort of just raise a little bit of money here or there, and we thought this was a nice way of – that somebody could actually get something back 
uh, for the money they donate. And, and on top of it, we don't have to do anything. The shirts just get created automatically. So <laughs> magically. Magically. So, uh, yeah, we're very, very happy. Um, you know, it would be great if we could do shirts for all of our shows. But, of course, a lot of our shows feature copyrighted artwork, and we're not going yep. to go do that. So we're just kind of using the ones that use either original artwork like Chris's or something more generic, which is Fire and Water. But I'm very happy that it's, it's up and running, at least. And so... Uh, for those of you out there, the couple of dozen of you out there that have already bought a shirt or a mug, thank you very much. You really, we really appreciate it. You know, I'm feeling really unoriginal because, like, I saw the shirt and I, I, I ordered one. I got my own, um, and and I, and I love it. But I saw, I it was a Kichi Baker. They got one in green or yes. something like that. And I was like, dang, that looks sharp in green. I didn't think about that. Damn him. So I may have to get another one. I don't know. That was one of the things I liked about T Public is that it, you can mix and match and do all these different color things depending on what you like, which I liked. You weren't stuck to like just one design or things like that. So I thought that was really cool. Uh, and something else that you mentioned, the Flash Lego movie that's mm-hmm. not out yet, is something I do, I'm looking really forward to. It was announced this year, but it'll be out in a couple of weeks, is the Scooby-Doo team-up movie Brave and the Bold with Batman. And it's Woo! done in the style of the Brave and the Bold cartoon, which is like one of my favorite things. And we are going to do some sort of big network crossover episode because it it, re, it features like a character from for every one of us. Uh, <laughs> it's got it's got Scooby Doo teaming up with Batman, Aquaman, Plastic Man, Green Arrow. I mean, it's like it's got one of everybody, and there's a, it's a team up thing, so Cisco can be involved. So I'm not sure when or where that episode is going to drop, but we are going to do something kind of network wide on it because. We're all just really excited about it. We love yeah. the Brave and the Bull cartoon, and I'm just so glad it's back. And it's, you know, John DiMaggio doing Aquaman again. It's it's going to be the Brave and the Bull Aquaman again. So that, that'll be great because I love that version of the character. You know, along those lines, if, if you guys aren't reading the Scooby-Doo team-up comic, you don't know what Oh, you should be. It's a great. Shally Fish <sighs> is great. It's so much fun. I the I read an issue recently. Uh, it's not a new issue; it's an older issue. But it was it's Green Arrow and Green Lantern. I cried. I was laughing so hard in that issue. It is so freaking funny. I mean, they just they take the whole hard travel and heroes thing, yeah. turn it on its ear, and just mock it horribly. But like in a loving way, though. It's just so funny. Oh my yeah, gosh! Yeah, Charlie's having a lot of fun with the DC universe. I mean, it it's like that '70s version of Scooby Doo, the late '70s one, where they met Jerry Reed and Mama right. Cass and Sonny and Cher. But it's with the DCU. It's like Imagine if Hanna-Barbera had decided to cross Challenge of the Super Friends with Scooby-Doo. Like, that's what the show is. <laughs> that would be amazing. Like, who would want to see that? Uh, so much. So, see, so many good things to love and celebrate. Oh, I'm so happy we're doing this. This is good. This is a great way to end 2017 on a happy note. Yes. You know what? This is good. Speaking of happy notes, we did something this year that I am still floating on cloud nine about. We had a big uh, fire and water get-together. We descended upon Charlotte, North Carolina for Heroes Con. We invited all our friends, and a bunch of them showed up. I mean, like a bunch of them. Plus Ryan. And and we had a great time. We had so much fun. We had dinners. We hung out. We we hung out all night. We drank. We chatted. We we let Frank, Diablo Frank, talk to Ruth Sutherland. That was like two cosmic forces, opposite, opposing, you know, the the devil and the light meeting at at one point over a white Russian. And it was good. It worked out well. It's unbelievable. The Archie meets Punisher team up in human form. Right, exactly. So, uh, all right, so we're going to name check some of the folks over there. And if I've forgotten anybody, I am so very sorry. Please forgive me. It's been six months, and I've slept since then. So, uh, folks over there were myself, obviously, and Rob Kelly. Uh, I don't know who that guy is. Uh, Ryan Daly, King Spooner. Uh, Cindy and Chris Franklin, and their wonderful, wonderful children. Uh, Russell Burbage from the Legion of Super Bloggers. Uh, our buddy Luke Dobb, the dastardly creative Luke Dobb. Stella from Back Old Oracle. Uh, Derek Crabb from the Fan Holes Podcast. Kichi Baker and his lovely family. The aforementioned Diablo Frank and his girlfriend as well from the World Spine Network. Darren Ruth Sutherland from the Rad Network. Uh, your former roommate, Tom Zoller, uh, who publishes Time and Vine. Uh, Michelle Fifay from Copra. Chuck Forsman, Jacob Edwards, Rod Pruitt, Laurel and Mountain Flower One, Mark Beltron from DC in the 80s, Kevin Wetter, Jason Marquinette, and Alan Hasnard from Superhero Costuming Forum. And I must give a, a shout out by itself to Derek's Transformers jacket. <laughs> so, so there's jacket. Derek and Derek's jacket. <laughs> I felt like I hung I felt like I hung out with Derek's jacket as much as I hung out with Derek. I you know you did. You you even wanted a picture with the jacket <laughs> and not Derek. I, That's I, right. I have a picture of me and the jacket. <laughs> just white satin jacket. It's the it's coolest so awesome. article of clothing I've ever seen in real life. 
And it's Transformers. Rob's, you know, the thing Rob hates, so it's fine. I, that's, that's why I'm so impressed by it, is how much I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so that was so much fun. We, I mean, created so many fantastic memories. Uh, I, I, I don't know if we can replicate it in 2018. Some of the guys are going to be available, some aren't. Some other people will, some other people won't. But, you know, we're going to try and do something. I don't know what it's going to be. We're just going to see what happens when it happens, folks. But we would love to uh, try and recreate even a, even a tiny bit of that because we had so much fun. We really did. Yes, we did. That was a blast. My only, the only problem with that is it went by too fast. It just and went we, by so it was because we got in really late Thursday night because of all the craziness with the like the power outages or whatever the hell happened. Oh my god! And I so, forgot about you and I sat on the runway yeah, for we like sat on two the hours. Runway for a long time, and so it's like by the time I don't know, it was like but before I knew it, it was like Saturday night, and we were leaving on Sunday. It was like oh my god! It just it just went by in a blur. So yeah, <laughs> that was the only problem. Folks, he says that now. Clearly, it's sort of like childbirth. You forget the pain of it. Because within like two hours of us getting together, he looks at me and goes, Shag, maybe we shouldn't start the weekend at an 11. You were, you were at an 11. Seven. You, were, you, were, you were ripping at me really early on. I was like, all right, we, we need, to, you need to be able to go somewhere from here as opposed to starting at 11. But. <laughs> sort of like uh, Ricardo Montalban in, in Star Trek II. When they were exactly, yes. Oh, I'm being directed. Yes. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta start nowhere to go. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it was. And then you set a bad precedent for Stella, who felt free to rip on me through the whole weekend. So, so that was not good either. She didn't yell at you. Like she yelled at me. Don't talk to me. What? What did I do? <laughs> That's become infamous now. Everyone loves to talk about that. So, all right. Uh, you know, beyond the Heroes Con, I, with my job uh, being a door-to-door assassin, I am fortunate enough. I get to travel all over the country, and I get to see lots of people. I didn't travel as much this year as previous years, and the next year will probably be even less. But this year, I was able to squeak in several trips where I saw some of our friends, our nuclear subs, including David Ace Gutierrez. Got to hang out with him, and I will be hanging out with him again within the next two months. Uh, Mike Harlow who's a buddy of ours. You guys probably don't know him yet, but you will very soon. He's going to be on a JLI episode, and Rob and I know him. And I'm uh, going to be hanging out with him very soon, too. Hung out with Diablo Frank in his neck of the woods in Houston. Hung out with uh, Keechi Baker and Darren Ruth Sutherland in North Carolina. Had a great time. We had some awesome ice cream. Uh, went in, over in Oklahoma, hung out with Clinton Robinson, and had a great time going through uh, just a used bookstore. And just It was the most amazing bookstore, Rob. You would love it. And uh, Jared Albrecht, the yard sale artist, he actually slept on my couch, and I survived. And and uh, then I actually went to a Two True Freaks gathering. I don't know if that's considered crossing the streams or, or, or sleeping with someone else. I don't know. Either way, I got to see some of our great friends, like Michael Bailey and his wife, Rachel. I got to meet Andrew Leyland and his lovely family. That was awesome from across the pond. Of course, our good friend Gene Hendricks and his family were there. Got to see Scott Gardner, an old buddy of mine, and his wife. Uh, Dr. Bill Robinson, who's uh, from the... The Who True Freaks is another podcast I'm part of over there about Doctor Who. Uh, met John Wilson, the, the infamous podcaster John Wilson. Uh, and then met also John, uh, I think I think I'm saying his name, Kreitz, I think is his name, and Tim Elliott. And that was great. Uh, we were all in Orlando and had a really wonderful time. Uh, it was very nice of them to let me come down there and crash the party. I had to come meet Andy. I just, it was one in a million chance to meet him, so it was awesome. I got a chance to hang out with Gene Hendricks. I should, Gene, Gene and I should get together more considering how close we live to one another. We're both in uh, southern New Jersey, and but we got to we got to have lunch together, and then we went comic shopping, and I actually found a mountain comic uh, in the store that we were shopping at, which was a lot of fun. Uh, so that, that was great. I mean, I've met Gene before, uh, but this was our chance to get together sans shag, which made it even better. And I have to uh, – I do need to give a, a shout-out to Keith G. Baker, who was very kind enough to send me a birthday present – uh, which was the Marvel Treasury Edition beach towel uh, from a Marvel Treasury number one of the Spider-Man cover, which they made in the seventies. There's Marvel ran an ad, a house ad featuring uh, these beach towels that they made, featuring um, the Treasury covers: Fantastic Four, Spider-Man, Thor, and Hulk. And I never saw them in the wild. I was like, I don't think these really ever got made, you know. And then someone on Twitter was like, no, 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 I had them. They, they really did exist. I was like, well, I couldn't believe it. So then I saw one. Uh, Dan Greenfield from 13 Dimension found me an eBay auction and said, mm. hey, here's the Spider-Man one. And it was like 50 bucks. And I'm like, well, I'm not, I'm not dropping $50 on this towel that I'm not going to use. Because, first of all, I'm not going to use a towel from the 70s. It's got some sort of horrible <laughs> Legionnaire's disease on it or something. So forget it. Because um, everyone in the 70s had that. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, whip inflation now. And then all of a sudden, it came this package in the mail. And it was from Keith. And he had sent me the towel. 
which oh was extraordinarily generous. So I brought it with me to the beach. I took a picture of it uh, down at Ocean City when Darlin Tracy and I went there one time. And uh, so it was great. I looked like the definitely the coolest guy on the beach because I had my Aquaman hoodie on with my Spider-Man beach towel. So I was just, you know, like hero of the beach. I bet, yeah. I mean, you just had that little logo floating above your head when you flexed your muscles. That's amazing. <laughs> this guy came by and kicked sand on my face. It was the whole thing. <laughs> that is really cool. Yeah, I got to tell you. You folks at home are some of the most amazing people. You're far, far too generous as well. I mean, I, I don't tend to talk about that kind of stuff on the air when people send us stuff just because, I mean, Rob's full of himself and he's thrilled when he gets a present or whatever. But, like, uh, <laughs> for Christmas, actually, uh, since you mentioned Keith, I will mention Keith as well. Keith actually mailed me for Christmas, out of the blue, these incredible little minifigures, Lego minifigures. Yes, I uh, just got them today. I was going to mention that myself. Oh, you got some too? Okay. Yeah. I, I got an Aquaman. I got a Firestorm from Legends Tomorrow. I got a Kid Flash. And I got the most amazing Dr. Fate. I'd never seen a custom Dr. Fate before. He's got the removable helmet and everything. It is like the coolest. I mean, you're amazing, guys. Ugh. Love you guys. Very, very generous group. No doubt about it. I mean, I find a lot of comic fans I find to be very generous in general. Uh, I got some nice comics from Ange. Ange sent a bunch of comics out to people, like signed comics. Yes, so a bunch did. of people got packages. So. Yeah, it's a very generous bunch, I would I would find. I think comic fans, I think because we all have that feeling of, like, finding something special and, and you know, like, this, you know, sort of obscure item that most people probably would not find of any value. So when we see something that we know someone else would really like, I think we have that, you know, that understanding of, like, oh, this person will really love having a Dr. Fate comic signed by Walt Simons. I mean, who wouldn't want that? But, you know right. what I mean? To, to the average human, that's like, what is this? I don't even know what this is. <laughs> a, a what, a what, what, signed by who? You know I mean? Like, it just doesn't mean with that. But, but Ange would know that to a Dr. Fate fan or Walter Simonson fan, that's a huge, important thing. So, you know, I mean, so, like, I have Aquaman comics signed by Jim Demetrius. Like, that's super cool. You know, I love oh, wow. all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, we have, we don't have enough time and the memory to, to give shout-outs to everybody for people who sent us stuff, but it's, it's extraordinarily generous. Yeah, I don't want anyone to feel – and that's yes. why I don't tend to mention it because I know I'm going to end up giving yeah, yeah. to somebody. I mean, Russell Burbage mails out a package every 15 minutes to somebody. I mean, it's just – He must guys, live at the post office. I get you know, so I, much I, stuff I about him that. with Aquaman stickers on it. It's ridiculous. I mean, Darren and Ruth are right there with them. I mean, just oh, like, yeah. amazing, amazing people. So, anyway, you guys are the best. And, again, we didn't mention everyone because, again, once we go down that road, we're going to forget yeah. somebody. So, love all of you guys. And, wow, thank you so much. Yeah. So, um, now, now, stepping away from the network, you know, we started talking about, okay, what did we love in 2017? I had, you know, it's like, let's talk about stuff that we just enjoyed, you know, stuff that was fun. So, this stuff's going to vary or stray from the network, but just stuff that, like, for example, I'm, like, on this kick where I absolutely loved the movie Logan. I thought that movie was incredible. Uh, I got it for Christmas. I just think it's a great film. And uh, I, I, I was so excited it happened. You know, and for 2017, looking back, I'm like, oh. I, when I saw it, I was screaming, like, you know, this, first, this better be the first comic book movie sort of, like, talked about for Oscars. I'm not saying it had to win one, but it at least should be talked about for the first time. Like, did you see Logan? I have not seen Logan yet. It is so good. Oh, my. And I don't – sure, there's probably critics that didn't like it, but I – freaking loved it. I thought it was awesome. Uh, I, I've got, anyway, I got it, like I said, I got it for Christmas. I plan on watching it again with my family, not not my 11-year-old, but my uh, <laughs> my wife and 18-year-old. Oh, so freaking good. Oh. And then other movies that are a lot of fun. I mean, Spider-Man Homecoming was an absolute blast. That movie was so much fun. It was exactly the Spider-Man movie we needed. You know? Uh, not that the other ones weren't good, but this one was a perfect fit into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I had it. Did you see that one? That one was so I did fun. see Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah, it was, it's Definitely my favorite of the Spider-Man movies. I mean, that's not saying a whole lot, but it's definitely <laughs> my favorite of the bunch. Super fun. Super. I just, there's so many great scenes in that one. The kid, I really into the kid now. So, like, when he showed up in the Infinity War trailer, you know, and, the, and his hairs go up on his arm, I was like, oh, yeah! He was so excited. My daughter, my daughter thinks it's the best Spider-Man movie. She's just, in fact, when we talk about the Marvel Cinematic movies, like, her favorite, because she's watched just about all of them now, uh, and she's finally on board with Captain America, by the way. Um, she says that Spider-Man Homecoming is probably one of her favorites. So that says a lot. So, Do you remember the episode of Supermates where they reviewed it? And, like, uh, Chris and Cindy's kid, Andrew, like, he, I he, think I think he liked the movie more than Tom Holland liked the movie. Right, I mean, he was so freaking excited. <laughs> about, well, I mean, you know, he, he cosplayed at Heroes Con before he even saw the film, yeah. But, yeah, no, Andrew loved the movie. He was freaking, I remember him screaming in the background, like, loved it, or whatever, yeah. whatever he kept they saying. Need to, they, so they, when they make the second one, they need to put him in it. Like, just right, like a yeah. walk-by, just as, like, a good fan thing, you know? <laughs> good PR. Super fan. <laughs> 
Uh, other fun movies, I mean, in the superhero genre, Thor, the Ragnarok was an absolute blast. I uh, The first time I saw it, I was probably a little more critical, but the second time I saw it, I just went, I the total roller coastered it. And just like, this is this is a super fun movie. Maybe there's one or two too many jokes, I don't care. It is just a crazy bombastic, you know, someone took a Jack Kirby comic and threw it up on the screen, and it works, and it's so much fun. I love that one. Yeah, I mean, of course, we were very excited about The Last Jedi. I've only seen Last Jedi once. I want to see it again. I just have not had the time to do it. I want to take my dad, because I've taken him to the other Star Wars movies, but I really like the movie. We talked about it, of course, on a whole separate episode of Film and Water. I, I'm really thrilled with it. I, I'm thrilled with it in ways I didn't expect to be. Uh, the mm-hmm. way they opened it up, and so I'm really, really excited about it. And I was, I was happy with our episode because there was yeah. a lot, there's a lot of hate for that movie, and I don't really get it exactly. And so I was happy that we were found a, a way to be positive, even with uh, Sad Sack you or Ryan Daly on the show. <laughs> you know what surprised me about that episode? The something happened for the very first time uh, of our podcasting together. We've been doing it what now since 2011. Yeah, uh, I, I was talking to my brother yesterday. On Christmas, because uh, this is being recording this the day after Christmas, by the way. Happy New Year's! Uh, and we, my brother, and I were chatting, and he goes, "I listened to your podcast about Last Jedi." I'm like, "What?" <laughs> he, no one in my family's listened to an episode of our shows before. They have no interest in this stuff. He actually listened to the Last Jedi one, and he loved it. He thought it was great. He's like, "Wow, yeah, you guys had a lot of great ideas." Blah blah blah. He totally agrees with me on my theories about Ray's parentage. I mean, I was like, "Wow, this is amazing!" So that was very exciting for me. It was, I don't know, it's. It's a little thing, you know. It's like I have, I have my like my family life, and then I have my geek life, and those two rarely intersect. <laughs> oh no, so I can appreciate cool. that. Sure, yeah, yeah. So that was really nice. I feel, that made me feel good. So, um, a couple things I've been watching on TV. Uh, I, I watch. I finally figured out that The Expanse was worth watching. I've only watched season one. I haven't watched season two. But oh my god, that was so good. You got it's on Amazon Prime, guys. If you, if you don't have Amazon Prime, uh, well, if you have Amazon Prime, watch The Expanse season one. That is some real hard sci-fi, meaning uh, just like the science is hard fact. Like there's this guy who does um, who works on Discovery, the Star Trek Discovery show, and he does like the astrophysics stuff or whatever. And he uh, he's a real scientist. And they were talking about shows that are realistic, and he's like, oh, The Expanse, best show on TV as far as being real with the science. Like the stuff they do in that film. I mean, obviously it's science fiction takes place in the future, but the, the scientific concepts are sound, is what he's saying. And uh, oh, I love the first season of that. I know Ryan and Ryan's wife's a big, big fan of the books and stuff, so um, can't wait to dig into season two. I'm too cheap to pay for it. I'm waiting for it to go to <laughs> show up on Prime or Netflix, but I don't care. But, gosh, so good. And then uh, I, I I have a weird addiction to Stargate Universe. Um <laughs> Shut up, you! I hate you. Uh, I love Stargate Universe. SGU is a great show, so good. It's like a perfect blending of Stargate and BSG. You know, the the remake BSG is so good. So anyway, I just I did a rewatch of that this year, um, and it just makes me happy. It's so freaking good. It's dark. It's not a happy show, but it makes me happy watching it because it's just so freaking good. I don't think anybody would have guessed. I saw that first movie, the original movie in the theater in like 1994. I don't think anyone yeah. would have guessed that they would that would be that would branch into such a huge thing. 20 years later, they would still be doing versions of it. That's amazing. I know. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, Movie-wise, I saw, uh, Darnell and Tracy and I went and saw Lady Bird, actually, a couple days ago. And after, like, most of the movies I've seen this year are, like, Guardians of the Galaxy, Wonder Woman, Spider-Man, Thor, Justice League, Star Wars. I mean, it, stuff blowing up. And it was nice to see just a nice little character movie about the, a mother and a daughter with real people with real problems. And uh, it's it's famously rated on uh, Rotten Tomatoes at 100%. It's like one of the most like positive rated movies of all time. Look, it, don't go into the movie thinking you're going to see, you know, like Citizen Kane or something. But it's a very beautifully done, well-written, well-acted observant story of a teenage girl and the relationship with her mother and we both really enjoyed it so it was a night it was like a drink of cool water on a hot day after you've seen you know seven movies in a row of the universe about to be destroyed by a giant blue beam uh it was just (laughs) nice you know nice change of pace so it it was it was great for that so and the part of the reason i mean do you really need to see it on the big screen no you really don't but the only way those movies get made is if you go see them. 
mm-hmm. on the big screen. I mean, you know, we could wait till iTunes, but I wanted to, you know, you vote with your dollars. And so uh, we decided we're going to make the effort to go see it. And we did. And the theater, even though the movie's been out like over a month, the theater was like mostly filled, uh, which hmm. was great. That was great to see that. It's, and I know it's making a lot of money. So it's, I, I, there's nothing I can add that no one else has already said about Lady Bird, but it really is a terrific, terrific little movie. Um, other stuff that I watched, uh, first of all, in the, in the theater, um, Cinemark, the Cinemark chain does this thing called Cinemark Classic Series, where they run old movies on Sundays and Wednesday nights. And they do it in six-week intervals, where they pick six old movies, run them one, one at a time for six weeks, and then they do a new batch uh, every like six or like they they have like a week off in between every six and then they do another six, and oh. I am like a mega fan for these things. And right now they're in between uh, sets, and I'm like constantly refreshing the page because I'm like, <laughs> when are they going to do it? And I, because I love seeing old movies, and when they show something really exciting, I get really happy to like take my nephew to it. Um, earlier, like last year, they showed Treasure of the Sierra Madre, which is one of the greatest movies ever made, and I was, I was so happy I got to see that on the big screen. And a couple of weeks ago, they did White Christmas, and everybody knows how much I like White Christmas. So um, that is something that if there's a Cinemark chain in your area, and there probably is because they're in like oh, I think most of the states, go check it out. And you know, like they don't, you can go for a matinee and go for like seven bucks, and you get to see like a classic movie on the big screen. And it's it, to me again, it's part of the reason I go is because I want theaters to keep doing stuff like that. And so that's how you do it is you, you know, spend the money to go see it. And so even though all the stuff they're showing, I could see at home, I still go because it's, it's, it's really fun. And like earlier this year or maybe last year, it's hard to remember. I went and saw it's a mad, 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 mad world on the big screen, mm. which is one of my all time favorite movies. And that was like just such a pure joy to see on the big screen again. Like, I just loved it. And it was one of those things where if they ran it every six months, I'd go see it. So I'm a huge fan of those. Netflix. Now, ride. I'm, I'm yes. going to jump off that for just oh, one second. Yes. If you don't have Cinemark in your town, look for Fathom Events. Uh, Fathom, Fathom Events, events is rinse- part of it, yeah. Well, Fathom's a separate organization, yes. but they, it right. sounds like Cinemark's doing probably both. But uh, Fathom will run old movies as yes. well. Like I, We don't have a Cinemark thing like you're talking about in my town, but we have the Fathom stuff that comes to town. So, like, they ran uh, Smoking the Bandit this year, right. which is, you know, a freaking hysterical. You know, it's Chris Franklin's, you know, dream movie right there. Yeah. Um, I got to see Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan on the big screen this year, which was just amazing to watch that again, you know, after 35 years on the big screen was so cool. So things like they also do like Doctor Who big events, like they'll run, you know, they do a lot of different ones, uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's. So anyway, it's similar to that. If you can't, if you don't have Cinemark, check out Fathom. Well worth it. Yeah. Cinemark incorporates the Fathom events into those mm. runs. So that's how they'll Perfect. do it. Like once one out of every six that they do will be the Fathom events one. Mm, so okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we tried to pitch actually Fathom Events to show Superman next year because Superman turns forty, but unfortunately, it's not listed as their part of their twenty eighteen program. Unfortunately, we were a little disappointed about that. That's a bummer. Yeah. Um, in terms of some things I watched at home, Netflix had a couple of amazing things that we love. One was a mini series called Five Came Back, which is based on a book about five film directors from the nineteen forties who basically put their careers on hold to go serve overseas uh, and make films, uh, like industrial films or what you would call, I guess, propaganda films. And as really propaganda has kind of a negative cast to it. But um, it was about five directors, uh, William Wyler and, uh, oh, shoot, Frank Capra, and I'm blanking on some of the other mm, names. And what really? They, yeah, and what they, these guys literally gave up their careers at, at the height of their powers to go serve in World War II. And what this book did is... Tr- follow these careers and the films they made uh, through during the war years and then wh- how that affected them when they came back. And in the, the Netflix miniseries, it's a three-episode miniseries, they got contemporary directors to sort of track those directors. So you have Steven Spielberg talking about Frank Capra or Guillermo del Toro <laughs> and Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep narrates it. Like, it's, it's really, really cool. If you're a film buff or you're a, a lover of that era – it is fascinating. We watched all three episodes uh, in one sitting, and each episode is like 80 minutes long. I just watched it all in one shot. And, and even better is Netflix got the rights to those short films that all those directors made, and so you can watch them too. 
So it's like you can send yourself to like little mini film school and watch all these old films that these direct John Houston. John Houston made a film when he got back from World War II about PTSD, which no one was talking about in 1946. But he made this movie. Yeah, they are really, really interesting stuff. I just, I, I, it was the the book, the audio version. It was something I ran to uh, on my iPhone when I went jogging in the summer. And then I heard they were going to make a series. Like I can't believe it. They're making a, a TV show out of this. And I just loved it. Absolutely. And it's on Netflix right now. It's still, it's a Netflix original, so it's never going to go away. Absolutely check that out. And then the other Netflix original that just came out was a four-episode show called The Toys That Made Us, uh, which launched on December 22nd, which is four one-hour episodes about toys. And one episode is all about Star Wars. One's all about Barbie. One's all about Masters of the Universe. And the fourth one's all about G.I. Joe. And they get they get like the toy makers, the guys that actually built these lines, and it's like very irreverent, but they are hilarious. And like Friday night, I watched again all four episodes in a row. And at one point, I found myself, and I, I posted this on Twitter. I found myself eating Ben and Jerry's pumpkin cheesecake ice cream while watching the Masters of the Universe episode. And I'm like, <laughs> I am living my best life right now because it was just so much fun. And I immediately went on. I immediately went on Twitter and I added at those guys, the guys that do the show. And I'm like, please do season two, please do superpowers or Migo mm. for season two. I absolutely, the, the, the show is just so much for nerds. Like any of you that are listening to this, you're nerds like us. You will love it. If you haven't watched it yet, they are terrific fun. I have had so many people independently contact me, uh, in the last couple of days saying, have you watched it yet? You need to watch this. So I, so it's definitely fun. so good. Is that what you're saying? So fun. So fun. Oh, that's awesome. All right. Well, I'm definitely going to have to check that out. Uh, last TV thing for me was uh, 2017 was the year I, I became a Doctor Who fan again. Um, haven't been thrilled with Doctor Who the last couple of years. I, I, well, I love a lot of the elements in the show and the actors and stuff. I just didn't feel like the episodes were really engaging me in the last couple of years. I thought maybe, I don't know, thought maybe after 30, 30 couple of years that uh, my fandom had finally lapsed. I'm like, well, I guess that's what it takes, 33 years, and you know, there we go, I'm done. Um, but no, this year it gave it back to me. This year was exceptionally good in Doctor Who, so that warmed my heart. In fact, I watched the Christmas special just last night, and we've got a brand new Doctor. So very exciting times. I was very thrilled about that. All right, so another thing I want to talk about real quick, and and I know this is this I shouldn't do this. I'm putting my foot in a mind trap, minefield here, but uh, I I thought about some of the podcasts that we did this year that might be fun to talk about. And I know the problem with this is I'm going to mention a bunch of ones that were fun, and I'm going to forget some other ones that were absolutely fun, and somebody's feelings are going to get hurt. Please, nobody get your feelings hurt. This this is just some stuff I rattled off at the last second. Rob's got a couple as well. Pretty much any episode Rob did with me, I think, was the highlight of his year. Is that fair to say? Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay, perfect. Uh, anyway, um, so if I don't you know, mention an episode that you were on, then please, please don't be upset. It's nothing like that at all. Uh, like, if, For example, every episode of JLI I did this year was an absolute hoot. Uh, have, I love doing that show so much. It's so much more fun recording with someone other than Rob. And uh, you guys have been the absolute best guests and best audience listening to that show. I, I, I treasure every single episode. Uh, in fact, I've got one in the can I need to edit right now that I can't wait for you guys to hear. It's an, it's an absolute hoot. Um, and then, uh, you know, this year was the 30th anniversary of the JLI, and I got to interview J.M. DeMatteis, which was incredible. We had this awesome talk about JLI. Uh, really, really dug that. And then Rob had to go and one-up me and get him as a guest for one of his shows, too. You bastard. <laughs> Here, I was thinking, like, you know, I landed a big guest. Oh, Rob's like, oh, yeah, me and Jam, we go way back. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, you know, here, here's where it gets a little goofy. Like, one of the episodes I did, which was just on a lark, it was like an idea that came to me, and then within, like, 15 minutes, we had the whole thing lined up. Uh, me and David Gallagher recorded an episode of Misfits of Science, which was like, it was supposed to be us just talking in the bowl for about 30 minutes, and then instead we spent about two nights on Facebook together, through Instant Messenger, just researching insane Misfits of Science history, just shooting it back and forth into each other, and then spent a couple, far too many hours talking about it. We had such a great time. Uh, that was episode was an absolute hoot to record this year and put out. I was so happy. And the response was quite shocking how many people loved that show. I listened, then, to, all, uh, I listened to all two hours of it, even though I did not understand one word of what you were talking about. See, it was that good. It was worth it just for David Gallagher losing it at the end when he absolutely oh, lost he his did. mind oh, and laughed God, yeah. and just he laughed maniacally for like two minutes. It was so funny. 
Also, another kind of fun one we did was a crossover with the Relatively Geeky Network and the Two True Freaks Network, where we got together and we talked about comic book shop retailing in 2017. And it was myself, it was Paul Spataro, it was uh, Professor Allen, and it was uh, Rob Lance. And we just kind of round-robin almost, uh, just shot back and forth talking about comic book retailing. And I did a little pros and cons of the 90s stuff, and then Rob talked a lot about the modern stuff, but we just talked about comic book retailing, where comic books are going. I I thought it was very interesting. I, I really enjoyed doing that. And then uh, I, I think everybody that we've ever met was on the Quarter Bin 100 episode of a Relatively Geeky, because uh, Professor Allen covered 100 comic books, which was crazy uh, and, and amazing on Relatively Geeky, and he covered 100 comic books for the Quarter Bin, and uh, he was kind enough to have me on there for some of that, and that was a lot of fun. And then just some other ones I wrote down, episodes where I basically just got to blather which is awful to say, but like uh, Rob was foolish enough to invite me on a couple of his mountain comic episodes, and I turned them into like a soapbox of me just talking about how much I love the characters, and I spent, I don't know, what, 45 minutes just non-stop without taking a breath talking about Alpha Flight, and then later on about Micronauts. I just... They are the longest mountain comics episodes. <laughs> are they really? I'm yes, not surprised. <laughs> I'm not surprised. <laughs> I just couldn't help it. I'm like, I gotta talk about them. I need to. You know, and someday I'll do a Firewater Presents on each of those too, but I just, I, I love those so those books bring me so much joy. You know, they're making a Micronauts movie. They are making I a did, freaking I saw that, yes. movie. Oh my gosh! I'm taking that day off from work. Uh, and speaking of blathering, Rob and I did a complete just love gush over Joe versus the volcano this year over on Film and Water, which I, I thought was pretty fun. That movie deserves it. It did. It did. And we had a really good time. We laughed. We had a good mm-hmm. time. Was, yeah. I think it's probably uh, Rob would say the highlight of the Fire and Water, our Film and Water Network, uh, our Film and Water podcast yeah, episodes, probably. But sure. I, yeah, I'm yeah, just yeah. Putting words in his mouth. So, and then uh, because Rob wouldn't let me talk about Twister on his show, <laughs> I went over to with Paul Spataro and hung out on uh, Is It Jaws, and we did talked about Twister, and I did another like love gush all over that movie too because it's just so much fun, so much fun. Paul is brutal, but, man. Because like the minute I show anything less than total enthusiasm for a movie suggestion, he grabs the guest and does an episode on. It. He did it one with Chris Franklin and one with Ryan Daly, man. He gives me I. Jeez, it's like if I I have no there's no breathing room with him. Oh my gosh, that's not even really what happened at all, folks. Paul and I are old exactly buddies, and Paul says Paul says, "Hey, you want to be on an episode?" I said, "Yeah, Rob won't let me do Twister. How about that?" He goes, "Sure, I'll take it. Whatever." See, well, that's so, what I'm talking about. He's just nicer. <laughs> Less snobbish about his movies. How's that? And then uh, another blathering one that's coming. It's coming. It's it's going to happen in 2018. I'm not making any promises when, because knowing me, it won't be till like I don't know later in the year. Because I've been promising a Star Wars episode forever too. But uh, I'm going to do an episode of FW Presents on V, the 1980s phenomena. I got a list of guests lined up. We're going to cover the novels, the comics, the 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 the. the the miniseries, the TV series, all this. So we're going to kind of touch on the whole phenomenon, not in-depth analysis, um, but uh, but just kind of an, a big picture talking about V and everyone's love for it. Because oh, I'm, I'm, I just reread V, The East Coast Crisis, uh, which was the first expanded universe novel. Basically, they had come out with V and V, The Final Battle, and then they hired A.C. Crispin to write, and, and Howard Weinstein to write, basically, because, you know, V took place in Los Angeles, and they hired them to write a novel about what was going on in New York during all of that. And I just reread it, just finished it last week. It still holds up. It's still a good read. A lot of fun. So I'm, I'm loving V right now. So excited. I just ordered a, it's a sickness, dude. I just ordered a bunch of the old books that I used to have years ago. <laughs> I'm watching toys on eBay now. It's not healthy. It's not good. I love that show at the time. So I, I'm, I'm looking forward to your V episode. Because I, I remember watching that show when it first aired. I thought it was terrific. So It was, yeah, it was really good. I never not, not the, the ongoing, not the ongoing series, but the <laughs> the miniseries. Right, the original <laughs> miniseries. Yeah, yeah, I remember all that. Yeah. It was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, you mentioned the Mountain Comics. I started that this year, which was that was great. Those were really fun to do. I have no idea whether that would track with anybody because the Mountain Comics memory is so specific. But I realize people can transpose. You know, people had comics on vacation. Zoom has talked about the comics he had on vacation, and so was Siskoid and stuff like that. And so, um, Angie's those, uh, Beach Comics. Angie's, yeah, right, and exactly. And uh, that, so that's been really cool. In fact, I even got an email from somebody named Keith uh, Bowman who talked about that he bought comics in the Poconos around the same time I did. So his parents took him. So him and I might have shopped at even like the same newsstands, which is like really cool. I love that idea. I mean, <laughs> probably, probably why I can never find certain comics. He got them that right. Um, 
So, put, so your, that was, put your collections together, you have a complete run. Exactly, exactly. Um, so that was fun. I did 10 episodes of that, and the show was on hiatus until the spring, because to me it really is a warm weather show. It just felt weird to, to talk about Doom Mountain Comics episodes in the winter. So the show was on hiatus, but it will absolutely be coming back. And I'm very, very happy that uh, I got emails from some people that I've never podcasted with before who asked to be on the Mountain Comic Show, and so I've already started uh, lining up guests for Season 2. So uh, oh, that'll that's be, great. That'll be really cool. Um, I also I was fortunate enough to have uh, Josh Carp on Film and Water. He wrote a book about Orson Welles, and we got to talk mm-hmm. about Orson Welles' last film, which is going to be coming out on Netflix supposedly in 2018, which was – that was really exciting because I'm such a huge Welles fan, and it was an honor to talk to someone who wrote a book about Orson Welles uh, on my show. That was really cool. And then, of course, the big one was Joan Osborne. Uh, having right. Joan Osborne on Pod Dylan, which was a lot thanks to David S. Gutierrez, but that was so exciting. I had to clear the house uh, to do that because I was so nervous. And so the dog was at the dog. <laughs> Tracy happened to be out of town uh, that weekend. Uh, the dog was at my parents' house. I put the cat in the, the bedroom. I had to like totally get centered and just relax. But she was a, she was a total delight. And it was a really honor to have someone, uh, Joan Osborne, the Grammy-winning musician, uh, on my little podcast about Bob Dylan. That was just beyond anything I would have imagined. So I'm really, really proud of that. And uh, I thought the episode came out pretty well. I I, I did my best to not gush uh, too uh, giddily, uh, and I managed to edit the the parts out where I did do that. But so it was it was really great that she did the show. I'm really I'm very very proud of that. As a, as like a non music guy. You know, I, music's just not where my, my thing is, and I'll probably hate mail for that, but whatever. Uh, I enjoyed the hell out of that episode. That was really good. I really enjoyed the interview. She made a great guest. You were a very good host. You, the questions were lively. You guys were having fun. I, I, I know when you're re- – I can tell just because I know you long enough. I know when you're reading from a list of questions and when you just naturally come up with one, and I could tell you were taking things off in different directions. Yep. It was just very yep. natural. It was really good. Thank you. Yeah, 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 there was a couple where I was like, oh, I have to, you know, like I thought of other questions to ask her and I just kind of did it and I was, I was able to get it out properly. And so, yeah, it was really cool. I mean, my, my love of Bob Dylan knows no bounds. And so it was just cool to talk to someone. First of all, who's met him? Like it sang with him. Like oh, I, was, wow. I was one person away from someone, <laughs> someone who was actually recorded with him, which is just like I got to like ask her about that which is crazy so she's doing a bunch of shows in New York in February where she is going to be singing Bob Dylan songs and I'm hoping to go and get tickets and that would be really cool I would love to go over and be able to like go up and talk to her like Joan I'm Rob Kelly from the pod she probably have somebody escort me away but uh, I can at least (laughs) give it a try so that that was really exciting and again I have to thank David Ace Gutierrez who really helped put that together so that's awesome. So I, I got to share a personal thing because again, I just told you, I just confessed, I'm not really a music guy. However, there are a few bands from my youth that I still love, and I actually and this this is nothing to do with anything in the show or geek stuff. But uh, I got to see Kansas in concert this year, uh, just a couple weeks ago, which was uh, my wife bought them for me for me early as like an early Father's Day present. She's for or for Father's Day. She said these are for you know December or whatever, and it was so much fun. I love Kansas. It's actually the second time I've seen them in concert now, and I saw them back in 1980. 89, I think, on New wow. Year's Eve, something like that. I mean, it's ages ago. And uh, they sounded great. It's a new lead singer, but the guy sounded awesome. I mean, you know, when they, did, of course, then they carry on Wayward Son, the audience exploded. And it's this interesting idea where they play the whole Leftover Tour album. Uh, they play the, every song from the album, but they mix it in with some of the other great hits. And it was just an absolute, it's this cool um, venue we have where it's like an outdoor amphitheater kind of venue with a, like a roof in case it rains or whatever. But it was freezing cold that night and so we're like sitting out there free like well okay i say freezing Marin, yeah i was I'm about to say what's your version of freezing it was in like the high 40s uh very 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 low 50s uh and that's really cold for even the band was like we are freezing up here and uh but it was really cool it made me so happy i got a kansas t-shirt and that made me happy so you know coming this year you know you should watch for uh we're, we're debating whether it's to be the cans cast or pod <laughs> kansas uh one of the two <laughs> You know, and that's immediately going to be followed up by Pod Axel, which will be my Guns N' Roses podcast. So, um, and uh, of those three podcasts, um, none of those will actually happen. But anyway, <laughs> you saw a concert this year, right? I did. I well related to we just talked about it. I got to see Bob Dylan for the twenty second time, uh, which was <laughs> which was which was terrific. I always go see Bob when he's in town, and I got to go with my pal Dan Eaker, who I went to the Cupid School with. We have been seeing Bob Dylan concerts together for 25 years and um 
by the time uh, everybody hears this, the Pod Dylan episode that I recorded will have been out. So, but I don't know if there's a huge uh, overlap. So I will tell this story very briefly. Back in 2002, Dan and I went to go see uh, Dylan, and I bought a T-shirt, a tour shirt. And in the back, it lists a bunch of tour dates, tour mm-hmm. dates, and it has like you know, like I don't know, like eight or nine cities. And uh, it said, uh, you know, the never-ending tour, which is this sort of thirty-thousand-foot um, uh, level name for his ongoing tour. And it says, you know, uh, Bob Dylan's tour to, in two thousand two, two thousand three, two thousand four, dot dot dot. And it was a joke. It was meant to be a joke. Like it was funny that oh, Bob Dylan's just going to keep touring. And in 2002, the idea that Bob Dylan would still be touring in two years was ridiculous. It was funny. It was like, oh, he'll be done by then. Well, that was 15 years ago. (laughs) He's still touring, and I still have the shirt. And I wore the shirt to the show. So so uh, now it was too cold to – nobody could see it because I had a sweater on over it. But nevertheless, so the guy just keeps going forever, which is something I'm so thankful for. So, yeah, anytime Bob comes around, I am – going to buy a ticket and uh, it's one of the things that Dan and I get to do together uh, which is just so much fun because him and I have known each other for, for so very long all oh, the stories he could tell uh, so <laughs> that would that was a that was a great night in Philadelphia to go see Bob one more time that's awesome um, you know one of the, yes. one of the other things I want to mention is too just I um, I've been you know living in Florida I don't go to the beach enough really I don't go often enough but this year my wife and I made a real point of going to the beach more often and I've really enjoyed that this year I know it has nothing to do with the show but this this almost does but so each year each time I go this year though I have made a point to bring um, either a, a, bo- a geek book or a digest comic and I got the idea from Ange because Ange was talking about how digests were great beach comics so I'll, I'll throw a digest in my bag and take it with me and I've been to, every time I go to the beach or the pool or wherever we go I take a picture of me reading the digest. Uh, you know, with the beach in the background or whatever, which gets sh- a shocking amount of social media attention. Uh, it's really strange. <laughs> People talk about it quite a bit. And it's just been a lot of fun because it's been kind of like a thing. I'm sort of documenting all my beach trips through Digest Comics, which I really enjoy now. And I have discovered through this process <laughs> that if I include my feet in the picture, <laughs> it really bothers Rob. It really so, does. Um, like, you haven't even probably noticed, but, like, a lot of my other pictures I've been taking, I've been, like, intentionally putting my feet in. Like, I'm reading some novels now, and, like, I figure out, even if I have socks or shoes on, I don't care. I'm finding ways to include my feet in the picture now, just in case you notice it. I just don't, I don't know why you feel the need to not, learn the, learn the crop tool in your phone. That's all I ask. I don't know why that's so hard for you. I don't know. I don't understand. Well, I, I've changed because a year ago when I was sending, I was showing all my digest. I always made sure there was a diamond Mountain Dew can in the background, uh, but this year it's feet. So I'm just trying, you know, trying something different. That's stupid of me forever to have said anything. Uh, yeah, we 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 actually we go to the beach too. We are we're only an hour away from Ocean City, which would be a great place for Aquaman to have his base of operations if they right. move out of Amnesty Bay. Um, but uh, that that used to be the the location of this really great toy store where I bought my Mego Hall of Justice actually many years oh. ago. But um, but anyway, we we love Ocean City. It's we found this nice back route. Uh, we don't have to take like the highway or anything, which is surprising you for most of you that think isn't New Jersey just all highways. No, there are actually some scenic routes. Uh, it's like basically Darlin' Tracy and my like favorite destination. And I tend to group all my days off that I get from work in the summer. So we can go as much as as we as we possibly can. I don't, but you know, I don't like the winter. I don't like being outside. So to me, it's like, well, why do I take the day off? What does that get me? I can just stay inside all day. But so I, I tend to like have all my days off in like June, July, and August. So that is like our favorite thing to do is to go down to Ocean City. And I bring comics too. I brought actually, uh, you sent me that Man from Atlantis comic. Yep. Uh, a while back, and I brought that with me. <laughs> I thought that was good for good beach reading. This so, is perfect beach beach reading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a diner that we always stop at, and so it's it's just a lovely trip. It's just a, the the drive down is is nice, and uh, we get to spend the day at the beach and come back, and we stop and get ice cream at this place that we like called Cold Cow. Uh, so uh, it's uh, it's 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 really a, a delightful thing. It's like you know a nice little thing. And there's a guy I have to say, there's a guy that I see down there who's this old, wizened, withered-looking dude. <laughs> and he's got short, spiky, white hair. And I saw him riding his, 
his bike and he had a basket in front and he had like some food in it that he clearly stopped at like a local market. And I'm like, I want to be that guy when I get to his age. That's what I like. I think I want to retire down to Ocean City and just live down there all the time. It's very expensive, but I'm trying to find a way to do it. So, guys, buy more T-shirts from from water right. store. <laughs> yeah, for both of us because my wife wants to move to the beach too, by the way. Exactly. So, fair exactly. Enough. Come on, guys. Buy these, these shirts. Um, but, but that's, that's kind of what I, like, she and I have joked about that. It's like, man, we would love to just stay down here sometime. It's just, it's just lovely. So, uh, that is, that's a great, uh, respite. And those are, it, I bring my phone sometimes. I listen to podcasts instead of, I don't want to read. So it's, it's always a great trip. Um, one other thing I did want to mention, and this is not, I, you know, as awkward, um, but I do want to just mention it. Uh, we lost a couple people in 2017 out of, out of my life. And I just wanted to mention that because it is something that happened this year. It's not all been fun. Uh, my pal, Glenn Walker, fellow podcaster, right. Legion of super blogger. Uh, he did the gar podcast. Uh, and I was a guest on that show and I kept talking to Glenn about having him on film and water. We were going to do it. And, and we never did get around to it. I, I worked with Glenn at movies unlimited. And uh, that's how we got to know each other, and we stayed friends over the years. And he died just a couple of months ago, very young. He leaves a widow behind, and I was very sad to hear that. Um, he actually moved to Florida from New Jersey. Mm. I didn't know that. He was down in Florida, and then he passed away. And so that, that's a uh, very sad, great guy, very fun, good-natured, big nerd, proud of it. And uh, that's just a very, very sad thing. Um, I, I, I did a little looking up uh, when he passed away because I, I knew him through Legion Super Bloggers right, right, and right. social media and stuff. You know, he was one of the first people to give us feedback on the very first episode of our show ever. I didn't know I, that. Okay. Yeah. I looked it up because I looked up the, the feedback doc because I, I keep all the feedback documents that Rob and I share when we do the feedback episodes, which we haven't done forever. But uh, and yeah, he was he was in the batch of people from the very first episode who gave us feedback, and he was also one of the one of the people that really was trumpeting our show on Twitter for a long time in the early days when we were yes. just getting started. So um, I, I wish I'd known got, got known better. I only knew him a little bit really uh, talking directly with him through through Twitter and and through Legion Super Bloggers. So yeah. I am yeah. very sorry that you lost your friend. I really yeah, am. Yeah, good, good guy, good guy, that Glenn. Um, I also mentioned uh, my father-in-law passed away this year. Tracy's father, uh, Richard, uh, Richard Gall. He lived to be ninety-eight. Uh, wow. So good run, uh, and you know, we had our moments. Uh, <laughs> there was, um, but uh, he was instrumental in giving the world. Darlin' Tracy, and if for nothing else, uh, he deserves uh, credit for that. Uh, so, uh, and that's uh, that was a, a thing where you know seeing someone at that age is is never easy. But um, uh, Tracy spent a good portion of her year, last couple of years, uh, caring for him, and she did a great job. She kept him alive. He used to eat a lot of garbage. When left mm. to his own devices, he <laughs> ate, he was the kind of guy that would eat cookies for dinner if you would let him. And uh, Tracy. He had diabetes and he had a lot of other problems. And Tracy kind of like straightened out his diet and got him on the straight path. And, and I can say with no hyperbole, she probably gave him an extra 10 years that wow. he would not have had because she kept him regulated and going to the doctor and things like that. And uh, so, uh, yeah, that was, a, that was a big moment. And, of course, uh, more unexpectedly, uh, my sister Cindy uh, passed away earlier this year. And that was, you know, pretty unexpected. Cindy was also very unhealthy for a large part of her life, d- dogged by a lot of health problems. Uh, but still, anyone who dies in their 50s is still unexpected. And it's uh, we just had our Christmas dinner, and it's our first dinner without her. And um, my niece was there, my wonderful niece, and my brother-in-law, John, her husband, who is just like one of the greatest guys in the world. And, you know, her she was missed. She was missed. I was never terribly close to Cindy. Um, because of just the age difference and whatever, and we lived, we never really lived with one another for too terribly long, but she was always nothing but good to me. And uh, she was a huge advocate for animals, and that was something that was very inspiring to me. Uh, at one point, her and John had like 10 dogs, uh, which is insane. Wow. Yeah, and um, <laughs> and she just had the biggest heart in the world for animals. And, uh, you know, it's it's one of those things where every so often I forget that she's gone, and then I recall it, and I'm like, wow, okay, yeah, that's that happened this year. So uh, we do miss you, Cindy. We really do. And not uh, just to kind of move off of that, because I don't want to end the show on that sort of awkward note, uh, I do want to say how thankful we are for just the network in general. We have created, Shag and I have created something sort of inadvertent 
I don't think we really planned on this, but like, you know, we have this private uh, Facebook uh, thread uh, for the network, and it's just all of us that are involved, and it's this sort of ongoing, roiling conversation. Most of it's about network business, but not entirely. Sometimes it's nerd stuff, or sometimes it's not. I'll mention private things or whatever. And it's that's always a lot of fun because it's just this crazy conversation that just kind of twists and turns. And sometimes, like, I'll be adding something, and then, like, I'll, you know, go back to my work, and then I'll look back on it, and it's like, you have 29 new messages. I'm like, oh my God, what's going on? What are we talking about? You know, and it's all this kind of stuff. And it's considering how disparate we are, we're spread out all over the place. Um, it's been a remarkable source of comfort for me and fun and community kind of that uh, it's it's something that like we built you know we built this and i'm yeah. really proud of that because it's just not something i ever thought i would plan on and there's something i heard a couple of days ago and i darlin trace was mentioning it to me i forget what it was but it was something about i think she saw it like on a on a instagram post and it was like the thing you do Focus the, the thing that you like to do that causes you to procrastinate against all your other stuff, like this. You know what I mean? Like the stuff that you, mm-hmm. the stuff that you would rather do uh, uh, instead of all this stuff you should be doing. That's the thing you should be doing with your life, and that's podcasting mm. <laughs> for me. Like okay. you know, I will put off looking for new jobs uh, so I can finish editing a podcast, <laughs> which is like a complete <laughs> a complete inversion of what my priority should be. But right. nevertheless. Uh, when I have a podcast that I need to edit or whatever, like that's the thing I want to focus on. And I would like go and find music cues for it or whatever. And so that is the thing I'm really enjoying the most. And if I go back and I look, I will see that my art career ended around 2010, 2011. And that's exactly when the podcasting picked up. So my, my creativity, that thing in me that just has to come out, just jumped right from illustration into podcasting and it's been there ever since and it is like my number one favorite thing to do which is why we stay up so late and you know i'm going to be up in like four hours to get to go to work but i'm up late doing this because i want to be doing this so uh i'm just you know we we talk about it a bunch of times and it's probably all mushy and or whatever and it's embarrassing but i am just so thrilled of this thing that we built and i'm happy that we have new people and i'm happy we have the people that we we started and with everyone in this together it's just been an enormous amount of fun and I'm really thrilled to see what 2018 has got in store for us. You know, during, we were making dinner tonight, my wife and I, and we started talking about life and just things going on and you know, what, what, what's going to happen when the kids are out of the house. <gasps> Can't get here soon enough. But, um, <laughs> Partying. I'm just, I'm just kidding. And we were talking about, you know, friends like who, you know, because as you get older and you have kids, you tend not to make as many friends outside the house. It just happens. You get so tied up with the kids. And uh, I mentioned some of my friends locally, former work friends and just friends and geek friends stuff like that. And I said, but you know, really, like the people I reach out to first when something's on my mind, it's I met all of them. I named, I rattled off several of the names to her, and they're all people I've met through the podcasts. It really is. And um, I, I, I did a Christmas card this year for a couple of people on the podcast. And uh, I, what, the message I wrote on there I think is pretty fitting, which is there are friends, there's family, and then there's friends that become family. And I love you guys. Everybody who's listening, everyone that we that's part of the network, I, I genuinely love this group of community that we're part of. I think it's absolutely fantastic. And, and you talked about uh, procrastinating and doing the kinds of things you love. Well, it, it kind of all goes back to the very theme of this episode. It's about finding your joy. It, it may not be the smartest use of your time. No, it definitely is not. (laughs) But it's healthy. Being happy is healthy, you know? It's good for you. And uh, that's a good way to end 2017. Find a way to be happy. Find a way to be healthy. And start 2018 right. We're going to have a hell of a lot of challenges next year. We do every year. All of us, whether it's personally, politically, economic, whatever. But if you can find something to focus on to keep you happy, you can get through it. You know? True enough. All right. Wow, got all deep and emotional here. Did, um, yeah. So, Rob, why don't you tell the folks at home where they can share their comments? Even if you just go out to the website and say, you know, Happy New Year. That'd be great. Go out to our website, leave a comment. Where is that, Rob? Fireandwaterpodcast.com or on Twitter, which is at FWPodcasts. We're also on Facebook, the Fire and Water Podcast Network. You can find us there as well. And Rob and I have our own handles, but quite frankly, I'll be here till 2018 if we start rattling off Rob's handles. So we'll stop there. <laughs> so, folks, uh, until next year... Fan the flame and ride the wave. I close my eyes.
chick chick why what would brick